Hello, welcome to the Market Lane Coffee Podcast and our coffee rollout series where we introduce new coffees to the Market Lane team. My name is Einar and I'm here with Jason. The coffee we are talking about today is La Maravilla from Huehuetenango, Guatemala. There's something I need to talk to you about. In a couple of previous episodes, you have mentioned the score after talking about the coffee. The numbers are usually around 85 to 86. And when cupping with you, Nick and Toshi, you often assign a score to each coffee along with your tasting notes. This number is a score based on the cup of excellence cupping form. But in your regular cupping regime, you don't use the actual form, but use your experience. Could you tell us a little bit about the form and also how you use the score when discussing coffees with the roasters and MCM? Sure. So there are a number of different ways of scoring coffee or a number of different forms that you can use to score coffee. Um, the SCA has a form cup of excellence. Um, and I we basically chose to, well, I chose to use the cup of excellence form uh, when scoring coffee because I found it the most intuitive. I found it the fastest. Um, and I also spent uh, a bit of time in training to become a judge on Cup of Excellence. So I, I feel like I've gone through it pretty well and I'm quite familiar with it. Um, but you're right now, when we cup, we don't necessarily refer to the form itself or we don't fill out the form as we cup. But definitely in our heads, when we're tasting a coffee, we're going through the form a little bit in our heads and, and thinking about the different aspects of the coffee that make it special, that um, might increase its score, that might decrease its score. And, and we sort of still use it, even though we don't physically use it, if that makes sense. And what are the kind of attributes of a coffee that makes up a total score? So the form is uh, made up of a number of different categories. Some contribute to the score and some don't. On the form, there are eight categories that contribute to the overall score. Um, they are clean cup, so how how many sort of unripe cherries are in the in the cup, whether it tastes quite peanutty, um, if there are any outside faults that come into the cup. It basically means that the cup is free from taints or any faults. The second uh, scoring category is sweetness, and it's a sensation that correlates directly with how uniformly ripe the coffee was when it was harvested. It doesn't necessarily correlate to exactly how much sweetness is, like sugar is in the cup, but it's more the perceived sweetness of it. Um, for us, it's a really important one because we think that uh, when a coffee is very sweet, it's a very natural thing for humans to be attracted to. So we, we try and get really nice, sweet coffees. Uh, the third one is acidity. And this can sometimes sound like a negative thing because people are, you know, can be a little bit scared of acidity, but acidity in food is, is obviously very natural and it adds a lot to the flavor of uh, foods and drinks itself. It's what gives sort of brightness to the cup or it gives it sort of life in the cup. We also find that the acidity in coffee will give it structure. So when People are talking about white wines. They often talk about whether they're, you know, very well structured or not. And that's basically referring to how much acidity is balanced with the sweetness. Um, it's a very important one, but it's often mis misunderstood, I guess. I guess the other important thing to distinct with acidity is that it's not in relation to how much acidity is in the cup, but it's more of the quality of the acidity. So we're not talking about giving a coffee a high score because it's necessarily the brightest cup on the table, but we're giving a, score, a high score to a coffee that has the best quality of acidity. The next category is mouthfeel. Mouthfeel is the sensation of the coffee in your mouth uh, imparted by the coffee itself. So it can, it can include things like the viscosity, density, weight, Texture, astringency as well is a, is a mouthfeel. Um, and the same thing with um, acidity, we're looking at evaluating the quality of the mouthfeel rather than the, the amount of it or the quantity of it. The next category is a sort of a subjective one. It's just 
flavor. Um, you can assign a coffee a high score for flavor or a low score for flavor. And uh, this sort of allows the cupper to impart a personal preference on, on the cup score themselves. So if there's a coffee that has quite a high score in sweetness, acidity, mouthfeel, and clean cup, but the flavor is not exactly to the cuppers liking they can give it a slightly lower score than they would otherwise so they can also use it to to evaluate whether the coffee flavor is you know generic or whether it's something that's very special whether it's great expression of the place where it's grown like the terroir um, the next growing category is aftertaste um, and that's the lingering flavor of the coffee in the mouth after it's been swallowed or spat out as it were and it can be pleasant or long or distinct again the next is balance. Is the coffee harmonious? So is it well balanced between acidity and sweetness? Is it balanced between um, the mouthfeel and the flavor? Does it overall produce a cup that is you know, pleasantly balanced, I guess? Um, and then the last one is another subjective one. It's called overall um, score. And again, the cupper can apply a score to it that they see fit based on their subjective um, experience of it. It's pretty much up to the cupper. Um, and then there are a couple of negative um, or minus scores you can apply. So if you taste a defect in the cup, you can uh, apply a, a negative score. And this is worked out based on the intensity and the number of defects in the cups. So at, at Cup of Excellence, you're presented with five cups. And if there's a defect in two of them, then you use that as a multiplier for the number of defects. So with each of these categories, you can apply a score and the score goes from zero to eight with six sort of being the, the middle the middle score. Um, and if you were to score each of these categories eight out of eight, you would come to a total score of 64. And then there's a differential of 36 added, which brings the, the total sort of points up to 100. So we're looking at scoring coffees out of 100, which is a nice easy number to sort of think about in terms of quality. Um, and if you have a look at the, you can just Google the, the cupping form online and have a look for yourself. But um, there's a couple more categories that don't have any points applied to it. And that's the, the roast um, sort of color deviation. So you can specify on a scale of how light or how dark the, the roast is basically compared to others. And you can make a note there and say, well, this, this roast looks a little darker than the rest of them. So if there are any harsh flavors, it may be because of the roast. Um, there's also an aroma category you can score on. And that lets you basically just note down the intensity of the aroma, the dry, the crust, and the break. So that's how the cupping form is designed to be used in the Cup of Excellence uh, competition. Uh, can you tell us about how you use it when cupping in your kind of daily, in your day job? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, we use it to loosely grade coffees when we're when we're purchasing to track how the coffee is going over time. So we. We evaluate coffee when it's landed from overseas, but also three months and six months after it's landed. And, and we use that as uh, feedback for the producer to help them uh, improve their processes back back on the farm. And for, for me, I use it to evaluate the quality of the coffee and also the quality of the roast. So it, it sort of depends on whether we're cupping with Melbourne coffee merchants looking to purchase coffee or we're doing sort of a, a quality cupping uh, of the green coffee itself, or we're looking at tasting the coffee after Nick's roasted it to try and get the best out of the coffee. We sort of lo loosely, we use around the same scores, but obviously when we're looking to evaluate the roast, we're, we're really focusing in on things like the sweetness, the acidity and the balance and any sort of roast characteristics that could come into it or probably, or, or might be missing from the coffee itself. So the coffees that we have on offer are usually scored between 85 to 90. Uh, what's the difference between an 85 scoring coffee and an 86 
Good question. It can be a number of things. Uh, if we're looking at coffees that are completely clean, they're all sweet, well-balanced, they all sort of tick that tick the boxes in the middle, pretty much. The things that might differentiate something from being an 85 to 86 would be those, I guess, the subjective um, scores that I mentioned, the overall flavor and, and then the overall score um, that you can apply to it. Um, so these two would be something that reflects distinct character in the cup, something that's a little bit unusual, um, or something that particularly reflects the coffee's terroir better than something else, uh, better than another coffee would. Um, an 85-point coffee is is very good. You know, it's a coffee that's, that is that is sweet, clean, um, free from defects, and that is very difficult for a farmer to produce. So an 85-point coffee is very good. Um, an 86-point coffee would be that coffee, but then, you know, something more interesting or something more complex or something that distinguishes it from other coffees. So the more complex and distinctive characters a coffee has, the more or the higher the score would be. The higher the score can be. And then if it maintains that um, the cleanliness and the uh, free from defects, then it can go you know, higher and higher. But when we're doing the QC reports in the shops, we're not using the same scoring system. We kind of just give it an overall score. Uh, it's between zero and 10, hopefully not lower than seven. Can you talk about this scoring system that we use? Yeah, uh, we we chose to use just a yeah simple scale of uh, one to 10 because, because of its simplicity. Obviously in the cafe, um, we don't have time to go through the full you know, score sheet training. And um, at the end of the day, it is subjective and it is comparative. You know, you're comparing this one cup to a cup you had before or to other coffees you have. So if you're comparatively brewing up this coffee better than other ones, then it's a good thing. So yeah, it's a comparative score. I think overall though, you should think about what names you assign to the numbers. So eight would be good. You know, seven might be okay, um, or you know, maybe make it again and see if you can get something better out of the cup. Um, and then obviously nine and ten, great or excellent. Let's talk about the coffee, La Maravilla. The relationship with La Maravilla goes back to 2013, where you bought it from the Cup of Excellence competition. Can you tell us more about this coffee? Yeah, so it's grown in the Tenango region of Guatemala, and that's in the northwest of Guatemala. Uh, Fleur's visited this region. I actually haven't been myself, but uh, when Fleur went, she did tell me stories of the arduous and very long car ride. Um, nowadays, I think they prefer to take the light plane and, and fly there directly a bit faster. But yeah, it's a from the photos I've seen, it's a, a beautiful region, kind of rocky, um, which is unusual for a coffee growing region, sort of rocky, a little bit arid, but extremely high elevation. So up to 2,200 meters above sea level and um, some of the best coffees in Guatemala are produced there. It's where um, Ellen Hurto is based. Uh, Ellen Hurto is a, um, a very famous or probably the most famous uh, farm in, in Guatemala. And this farm was established by Guillermo Rosales and his son Maurizio. Uh, they started with uh, three coffee plants. Um, can you tell us about their story? Yeah, they started with a, a very small amount of coffee and I, th I think the farm is about 24 hectares or, or so maybe a bit bigger now they've uh, purchased a neighboring farm but yeah they I, I think the the story is they built the farm up 
they built the farm from the ground up. So unlike other larger fincas in Guatemala that may have been established for a hundred years, this is a, a new farm for Guatemala, and uh, they worked really hard to to get it to producing coffee at a level of this quality. So they've done an amazing job at it. So on the farm, they have different plots where they grow different varietals. The coffee that we have is the same that we have had the past couple of years. It's a washed catera. Once a farm gets past a you know the smaller sizes they will divvy up the farm into different plots for management purposes or you know if it's irrigated for irrigation purposes things like that Um, and it does also make it a bit easier to market the coffee and say you know this year you're buying coffee from the mezcal plot or from the el aguacate plot Um, and yeah as it turns out we we seem to prefer the taste profile from the el aguacate plot and I know we brewed up a little cup of this earlier. Um, we have some tasting notes to share. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I like this coffee for how sweet and balanced it is. Uh, I got notes of uh, a late harvest red apple, uh, some dried fruit, maple syrup, and brown sugar, some dark chocolate notes. Uh, I think this is a very approachable coffee, and I can imagine mm. drinking it while reading a book. Nothing too distracting. How about you? Yeah, similar, I guess. I, I did get a lot of those uh, malic acidity notes like uh, apple and also some like lime, other acidity, lime, lemon, but also like a nice chocolate finish to it, like a baker's chocolate, brown sugar, things like that. Yeah, very approachable cup, easy drinking, but also, you know, complex enough to, to make it special. So looking at the filter menu, I think the most similar type of coffee would be Sao Benedito. How would you compare the two? I'd say they're both quite easy drinking or quite approachable. Um, I would say the Sao Benedito is um, more nutty, more chocolatey, and probably has a lower acidity um, than the La Maravilla. I I think the the nice sort of red apple sort of distinctive uh, fruit characteristic that comes through in the Maravilla makes it maybe more distinctive than the Sao Benedito or, or definitely brighter in the cup anyway. La Maravilla means wonder in Spanish and the meaning of the name of a coffee is one of the things that staff requested when we did a survey about the new coffee rollout about a year ago. This is also why we ask about the meanings in the quiz. Another question in the quiz is what would you tell a customer who is curious about this coffee and what type of answers are we looking for and what would you talk about when you talk about La Maravilla? I think a couple of episodes ago we discussed you know this sort of in depth but I I would look I would look for something in the um, description of the coffee that stands out to me or or is memorable for me and something that the customer might be interested in or that might make it stand out in the lineup of coffees that we have. And I think for me, I would talk about where it's from, where we're Denango in, in Guatemala, that it does have, you know, like a lot of coffee, it's very high elevations, but it's also a, a quite a dry area and it gives the coffee a really distinctive sort of lime sweetness or heavy body, but also a very distinctive taste. Probably go to that first. Um, I would probably also mention Cup of Excellence because I think it, it means that this coffee's really stood stood up well through a number of um, quality assessments over over many years and done really well compared to the rest of Guatemala. This year, anecdotally, I think he placed as a national winner, so not not as an international um, winner, which is still an amazing achievement. La Maravilla is a washed process Catura varietal from the Weiwei-Tenango region of Guatemala. Tasting notes are heavy body with dark chocolate and apple. This coffee retails for $21 for 250 gram and $6 per cup. We will have this coffee on the shelf and menu until the middle of December. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you like La Maravilla. Thank you. Please get in touch with any questions you have. Um, keep brewing your coffee. Thank you very much.
very much and see you soon. Thank you.